0: New year, new Michigan State basketball. Tom Izzo and Co. certainly got twenty twenty three off to a solid start on Tuesday, leading from start to finish and cruising to an easy win against Nebraska. What stood out, and will that momentum carry over into a rivalry showdown with Michigan? We'll discuss that and more on episode ninety seven of M Live Spartan Confidential podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on Wednesday, January fourth, two thousand twenty three. Uh, hard to believe, this guys, but uh, this will be the fourth different year that we have now published a podcast in. So, congrats, they have not told us to stop yet. <laughs> but uh, Kyle, how was your new year?
1: Well, well, what do we get for one hundred? I, I you said ninety-seven, so I don't know if we have a party planned or what.
0: You, you know what? We're gonna have to discuss that. You know, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the let the bosses know that we've got a hundred coming up, and we'll we'll have to figure something out. Yeah, you know, get, rate, get rate. us a
1: nice get us a nice budget for whatever you do.
0: Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll uh you know. I'll drink a, a nice craft soda <laughs> together uh, while we're while we're on the episode. But uh, uh, Matt, did did you do it up big for New Year's?
2: Uh, no, New Year's is not uh, one of my favorite holidays.
0: Did you uh did you have any meat left over from your, your Christmas hosting duties or I ate
2: that for like four straight days. I took it to <laughs> the in-laws. Um it's delicious. I still I got a little stashed in the freezer, but um, yeah, it was all good. Other than that, New Year's was spent uh watching uh two very, very entertaining uh semifinals.
0: Yeah, seriously. The football was great. I mean, I feel like some of these semifinals lately have Kind of fell on their face, you know, outside of a couple, you know, the, the Oklahoma Georgia Rose Bowl a couple years ago sticks out. Obviously, we had the Devontae Smith walk off winner for Alabama in the national championship, but I feel like they've kind of let us down, and we definitely were blessed with with two dandies, as my grandpa would say, uh, this year. Unfortunately for our, our Michigan brethren, uh, they did not come through against TCU, but uh, the TCU Georgia matchup, hopefully, TCU can keep it close, uh, if nothing else, because you know, we really just, as football fans, we root for—we we just root for good games at this point, right? So, um, okay, yeah. So, appreciate everyone for listening today. Uh, if you could please like, rate, and review the podcast, it would be appreciated. Kyle's post-game coverage from the game is up on MLive.com slash Spartans right now and you know where to hit us up on Twitter. But uh, Kyle, let's get into last night's game, Michigan State and Nebraska, a game that the Spartans were expected to take care of business in, and they did, I would say, with one of the more complete performances of the year. They win 74-56, and uh, a lot of good performances all around. Tyson Walker gets off to a hot start, and uh, Michigan State takes care of business.
1: Yeah, just really one of the more complete games. uh, I've seen him play uh, this season or in a while, um, and – the first half, I, I think that was the best half. Maybe the best half of basketball they've played all, all year. Uh, maybe that Gonzaga first half, maybe that Villanova first half in the conversation. But I for my money, that was as good as anything. Uh they held Nebraska to the 17 points. Uh so defended really, really well. Um, got off to a good start, which they haven't always done lately. They've kind of come out asleep a little bit lately, but came out and you know, moved the ball really well. I thought their offense ran pretty smooth the entire game um had a little bit of a lull in the second half but you know Nebraska's better than they have been I think they were going to make a run at some point that was expected but Michigan State uh stopped it before it got to um I think 12 was the closest they got so it was really never never in much of doubt and yeah just good play all around you know um guards played well I thought they got stuff from their center spot um Lee Hall continues to come back so I mean kind of kind of what you hope for, kind of a boring, um, easy, well, not easy, but a a comfortable win that was never really in doubt, and uh, the type of game that you you should have against Nebraska. They're better, but uh, Michigan State should have been like that at home against them.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice to see Tyson Walker come out and sort of jump out of his shooting woes. you know, whatever short of, of of a sort of slump it was in. I mean, he came out just absolutely on fire, ends up with 21 points. Always nice for Michigan State to get out into, you know, a good start like that. But I thought early on, Kyle, defensively, they seemed really locked in. And I don't know if that's just the return of Akins and Malik Hall, who are two guys, you know, probably two of their better defensive players that sort of get them organized. But uh, Nebraska was, they were not getting easy looks. Matty Sissoko was standing tall in the post. Sort of some lapses in the second half. And, you know, I guess we can talk about... um, Jackson Kohler, a little bit because he was definitely flashing on the offensive side of the ball. We saw some of those, you know, the fadeaway jumpers, the slick post moves, the face up jump shots. You know, we saw all of that on tape from when he was in high school and making uh, the the circuits. Um, but, you know, defensively, it's still an issue. Derek Walker for Nebraska was able to get inside on him. Uh, Hunter Dickinson, if, if Jackson Kohler's trying to guard him, that's obviously going to be a concern. We can talk about that a little bit later. But the Big Ten has no shortage of good bigs. So, I don't really know what Michigan State's going to be able to do really this year to make Jackson Kohler an adequate defender, but we're definitely starting to see uh, the contributions he can make on the offensive end.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was just writing about Jackson Kohler before we uh, before we recorded, because that was the most offensively. It's funny. It's like you have two different conversations about Jackson Kohler. You talk about his offense and then you talk about his defense. Um, <laughs> offensively, that was the closest we looked to the the high school player on tape that we've seen all year, I thought. Um, we mentioned five for five, but I went back and I I watched them all. And it was really a, almost five totally different type ways of scoring. You know, we had... Um, um let me think he had that little uh he had like a 17 foot or 15 footer, or so on his first one had like a little baseline turnaround um shot uh got one on a pick and roll with aj hogard uh had a put back um and then i think aj found him on a really good pass there we're kind of right into the hoop so um point is he's very versatile and as he continues to get better and grow um he's the farthest thing from a one-trick pony um so very developed offensively but yeah, defense. I I thought Monty did a good job on Derek Walker in the first half, making things difficult for him. But I mean, you could you could just see every time Derek Walker um was matched up against them, they kind of just cleared out um and let him go to work. And he scored um more often than not in that situation. Um and yeah, I mean, Derek Walker's a good player. Uh he's not Zach Eadie. he's not Hunter Dickinson, he's not Trace Jackson Davis. So um I I asked. So afterwards, I said, you know, basically, what do you think of Jackson? And and how ready is he for what's next? And he said, and he basically said, Well, I don't know how ready he is, and then praise the <laughs> offense. So um, I think they're you know, they're concerned about that, but it is what it is. Like you said, there's no magic bullet at this point um for improving his defense. Uh Maddie's not going to play 40 minutes a game, so he's gonna be out there for you know, 10 to 15 somewhere in that range. And you just hope for the best. I'm sure they'll have doubles and other um other stuff to throw at these bigs but um it, offensively i mean he, he's looking better and better more comfortable all the typical freshman stuff we talk about right the game's slowing down for him he's feeling more comfortable um but the the, the learning curve for these freshmen and and we can talk about trey holliman too i think he's quietly been pretty good um i I mean, not only did they have to acclimate to college basketball, but they had to do it while playing that schedule and doing all that travel, which we talked about. It's in the past now, but like that was, that was hard for everybody. Um, that was especially hard for the freshmen. So I think they were in the woods for a little bit now. I think I see both of them kind of coming out of that now. Um, obviously it's going to get harder. I'm not sure that either of them are going to be huge factors in Big Ten play, but, um, they seem to, um, to, uh, to be. Uh, a little bit farther along now than they were a couple weeks
0: ago. I thought Trey played more than seven minutes. I'm surprised. I thought so up. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously he, his, his where he sticks out right now is on defense. I mean, mm-hmm. he's staying in front of guys. He's in the right spot. He's, he's playing, he had that nice strip steal, and then, you know, didn't make the layup, but Joey Hauser ends up with the putback. He did have that nice sort of uh, a nice driving contested shot to, for his only bucket of the game. You know, Trey I think is someone who just needs to develop confidence and flow on the offensive end, but he is like starting to sort of flash, like, I don't know, maybe like a a Travis Walton level defense or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, something like that. I mean, he looks like he could be a real difference maker on that side of the ball and that's going to get you minutes.
1: It it is. And um, I'll I'll do a quick trivia for you. can, anybody guess? 14 games. How many turnovers does Trey Holloman have this year?
0: One, zero,
1: three,
0: wow <laughs> wow you we both went you we both went under i
1: thought three was remarkably low because i get that he's not scoring a lot but he's like he's a point guard he's still handling the ball a fair amount mm-hmm. been playing 10 plus minutes a game uh like for a freshman point guard like that that's pretty remarkable for me uh he's just he's not making very many bad decisions at all and he, he's not scoring very much and that'll come but i just think he's doing just about everything else pretty well and the kind of trickle down for that is um If he's serviceable at point guard and give you eight to ten minutes a game, that's more time that Tyson Walker can be off the ball, and that helps Michigan State a lot more. That helps him score twenty-one points like he did last night, and be able to hunt threes and and things like that. So it helps Michigan State a great deal.
0: And it takes it takes you know point guard duties basically off of Tyson's mind too, so Mm -hmm. he can just have that mindset because it really is that he needs. You know, last year we saw it. You know, he was sort of all year just take the shot, Tyson, take the (laughs) shot, Tyson, you know, and he's definitely doing that a lot more this year, you know, even in a game where he was coming off shooting slumps, you know, he was the guy who was seeking his shot early on. And if he doesn't have to have to think about being a distributor, he obviously still is a distributor. But uh, if, if Trey can step into and sort of take that off his plate, I think that's only good for Michigan state. Uh, Obviously Michigan state. I mean, we talk about this being one of the more complete performances, especially in the first half, it's no coincidence that this team is starting to look like they did early in the year. Now that they have their full complement of guys back, we've been saying that all through, you know, the time that they didn't have their guys, but you know, Malik Hall just 18 minutes, definitely not all the way back. Um, you know, he did look a little better in the second half, I'd say, but still a little tentative, not really seeking his shots. Looks like he's trying to get his other teammates involved and just sort of get a feel for it again. But he does a lot of little things that don't show up in the box score. And I think Izzo says as much and anyone who's watching this team closely knows that Malik Hall's is kind of like the, He's just sort of like the – he's not like glue guy because he's better than that, but he's like the guy who does all the little things that you don't notice and and really makes them a more complete basketball team. And I think the more he gets back, the more we're going to start seeing Michigan State look like the team they were earlier in this year. And honestly, when they have a full complement of their guys, I feel like they could beat anyone in the Big Ten.
1: couple things. One of them we call the word people keep using with him is calm. Azo yeah. said it multiple times. Joey Howser completely independently said in the locker room last night, like – guys just feel better when he's out there and it, it's probably it's hard for me to understand not being out there I think it's hard to get across but he's a guy that you know he's going to make the right decision I think part of it's his demeanor too like you watch him and he's very even keeled he's almost like Cassius in that way you know very even keeled doesn't get the ups and downs Just goes out there makes the right play Um, so I think he's just had a, a large effect on this team Um and to the second part, I, the biggest question I came away with last night, kind of bigger picture, was like, it, can this team be like an actual contender in the Big Ten? Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I could see it going either way for this team right now. I feel like usually by this point, uh, we kind of feel like, yeah, they can do it this year. Yeah, they're probably not going to this year. Um, I, 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 you could you could argue either way. Um, last year, remember at this point, they were fourteen and two when Tommy's there was screaming. It's because of the schedule and then sure enough they they tanked down the stretch and they weren't contenders. I, I do think that how they've been playing recently is partially schedule um, a, a result of the schedule. But I also think that they're they're playing pretty well too. And I also think the Big Ten is more open to jumping in that mix this year. You know, they've got one team in the top 10, um, number one Purdue, which just lost at home to um, to Rutgers three or four more teams. I think three more teams scattered throughout the lower half of the top 25. But I, I think there's opportunity there for a team like Michigan state to jump up. Um And I'm not saying they're going to win it. I'm not saying they should be favorites, but to be playing meaningful games in the big 10 title race in the last two weeks of the season, I, I think it's doable for this team. They're, they're not overly talented, but um they're just playing like a veteran team right to me right now. They're defending pretty well. Their turnovers are like have gone remarkably down. I think they're like 11 or 12, which for them is very low. Um, They have a lot of different weapons. Their offense is running well. They have better point guard play. Like, I I think they can just be one of those solid, steady teams that um, wins enough games and is there at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I think that's, that's possible for this squad.
0: Yeah, I was just going back and forth on Twitter with Rafeal Davis, who's former Purdue player, Big 10 Network analyst, and he was asking if Rutgers was the favorite in the <laughs> in the conference right now and I'm like this is where we're at. We're considering if Rutgers is the favorite, you know, cuz they they've, you know, got some big wins and rightfully so, but you know, I think Michigan State is in that group of what, six teams that that has a chance to win it. I think, you know, the the, the two concerns are obviously interior defense after Madi mm-hmm. and then they're, they really rely on shooting. I mean, they rely on shooting the basketball, whether it's like we saw last night, pump fake, you know, mid-range jump shots or threes. And I think this team needs to be more aggressive in getting to the basket, getting to the foul line if they're going to really have sustained success long term, because there's going to be nights when the shots aren't falling. And when that happens, this team hasn't shown like a consistent ability to get to the hoop. I think Akins and Hall coming back and getting more healthy will help with that because they're two of the guys who can get to the basket. But you know, if you're relying on shooting this much, there's going to be nights when they're not falling. And so I do think they need to be a little bit more aggressive on the offensive end of the ball or uh, court. I mean, I don't I know would, how you feel. About that. I was going
1: to say in the middle like, like the two best guys are doing that are the two guys coming off from injuries. So I I think the yeah. hope is that as they get healthier and Jaden Akins is still like, he's out there and he's shooting well, but like he hasn't been on a, on a highlight reel for a while. You know, he hasn't shown that, that athleticism. And I think that will still come. And I think they're hopeful that Malik Hall will be a little bit quicker to get back because while it was the same injury, Hall was less severe. He didn't have surgery. He was out a lot less time. Um, He kind of had his conditioning before that. So um I, I think they're hopeful that within the next few games, Malik Hall starts looking like Malik Hall. But, you know, they've got other guys that can do that too. Um, You know, obviously, um A.J. Holgard. he seems like he's kind of dialed back on that a little bit. I mean, he took, it felt like he was taking a lot of charging calls at some point, you know, really being aggressive, going to the hoop. And it's, it's like he's kind of dialed back and he's, tr- he's trying to make him more passes. Um So I think he he's to, like
0: 10 assists a game too. Like what is he fifth in an in assist rate? Yeah.
1: Um So, I mean, he's kind of finding that, um but yeah, I mean, you're right. There's going to be nights when shots aren't falling. You're going to need guys to do that. I, I do think the good thing for them is they have a lot, they have so many shooters that um, you could, you'll probably be able to find somebody on a given night who who can hit shots. You know, but last year it felt like it was Gabe Brown and Matt's Christine. if they're both in slumps, then you know, um, turn off the lights. It's not happening tonight. But um, mm-hmm. I think they got three or four guys this year that can do it. Um, so we'll see. But it's it, it's interesting. Uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see where this team is in in a month or two.
0: How electric was Hoyberg versus Izzo on the court there at the present? So,
1: um, it, first of all, it was extremely electric. Um, <laughs> fan, fans do not like if it. It probably doesn't come off on TV as much, but like, if you're in the building, like the anticipation when Steven is always in the game for him to potentially make a shot it's like through the roof at this point because people have been waiting for it forever. Um, he's a senior, you know, I'm assuming this is his last year. So it's like, we're kind of, the clock's kind of ticking on him to make one of these. And man, I thought that first one he shot last night, like I, the way, from where I sit, I was kind of right behind him and it looked good. I'm like, Oh, that's it. And then it, it missed. So um, yes. And an interesting subplot of the year is if Steven could finally hit a shot. And then, yeah, he gets to the free throw line and bricks it. Um <laughs> <laughs> which I, I think somebody told me they said on the broadcast that like his job and this is true one of his jobs in practice is to miss free throws when they're practicing right. rebounding so like that has to be hard right like if you spend all practice like trying to miss then you got to go up there every once in a blue moon and try to hit it um i think we'll give steven a little break, bit of a break there but yeah um,
0: yep. And I'm gonna need you to follow up to see if he got dinner last night, uh, or if Tom, you know, somehow withheld withheld his meals. Withheld his
1: meal, and then he talked about him doing 20 push-ups. I couldn't tell if he were saying he actually did that on the floor or like on the sideline or something after the game. So a lot of a lot of Steven is our storylines last night.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he's got to make one, man. He's got to. He's had he had some good looks. I don't know why he just didn't take the long two, the step back three. What might have been a little <laughs> bit doing a little bit too much there. So uh, he probably should have just taken the look, but. We got to get him a bucket before this season ends. Uh, But a good win for Michigan State. You know, um, Nebraska, a team that they're expected to beat, especially at home. Another team that it looks like they're going to be expected to beat is Michigan. Uh, You know, Michigan took care of Maryland, uh, you know, a couple days ago. But before that, lost to Central Michigan. Fire up. So uh, they're coming into the Breslin Center. Obviously a big game. The matchup everyone's going to look at is Hunter Dickinson. You know he's had, had an up and down year, uh, I would say so far. But he, we know what he can do against Maryland. He had a monster stat line, and you know Matty versus Hunter last year, uh, especially in Ann Arbor, Hunter ate Not his lunch. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I don't think you're going to want Jackson Kohler on Hunter Dickinson for more than what six minutes in this No, game. I think Hit you bet. could. Th- I think
1: you could throw Carson Cooper out there and just say right. sharpen sharpen your elbows, kid. You know.
0: Yeah. I agree. He's got more size at least. So, you know, that's going to be the biggest concern. I think, I mean, I I remember last year when the game at Breslin, Tom basically just said, we're going to let Hunter Dickinson have his, and we're going to stop everyone else. And, and they won the game pretty easily. And, you know, Michigan, Michigan so far this year, if if you look at their, um, you know, overall numbers, they they haven't been shooting it great. They're at about 35% as a team that's in the 100s in the country. And they haven't really defended the three particularly well either. So you would think Michigan State would trade two for three in this game if they can.
1: Is there has done that often in the past um, in situations like this, which you just described well, dominant big man, not a ton of shooting um jet howard's the other consideration there um as far as a matchup and under normal circumstances i think malik hall is a natural you know size wise to to take him on um where he's at physically um and able to do that i'm not sure so is that a, a joey howard who's trying to keep up with a smaller player or a Jaden aiken's trying to go on a bigger one something like that um we'll have to see um but uh yeah i would not surprise me at all if a single team hunter dickinson let him do what he wants, um, focus on trying to shut everybody else down. That that would make sense to me in this matchup.
0: For sure. I mean, I, in Michigan, obviously they were playing without their their starter, at least at the start of the year, Jalen Llewellyn. Doug McDaniel has sort of stepped into their point guard uh, duties. He's done okay, I would say. I mean, he just doesn't have the experience. It's tough when you have a true freshman point guard. We saw a couple years ago in the COVID year, A.J. Hogard getting thrown in as a true freshman and struggling. Um, so, you know, I you would think Tyson would continue to look for his shot. I think if Michigan State's shooting well, they're they're probably going to win this game. But uh, when Michigan Michigan State play, you really have to throw everything out. And in Ken Palm, I think they're, what, 42 and 46 or something like that. So, um, yeah, they're right by each other. So this game could go either way. And should be entertaining i believe it's at 230 it's on fox i mean is there anything else you're watching for in that game or should we just react to it when it happens
1: uh yeah probably i mean it it feels a little more, more subdued as far as i know the lead up for this game i mean nobody's in the top 25 i think we're um i'm still obviously trying to figure out michigan state as we talked about um michigan i mean shoot they lost to central michigan and pounded maryland so i'm certainly still trying to figure out michigan i think a lot of teams people are too. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, they are, they always are. Uh, but yeah, those, those two matchups we
0: talked about are obviously I think the ones that people are going to be looking at the most. All right. And then so moving on, uh, Matt, we're going to bring Matt in here for a little football news in a bit here. But I mean, Keon Coleman is uh, in the news again here. And that's obviously basketball and football news. Tom Izzo coming out saying he will not end up joining the basketball team after all. Um, you know I wasn't too surprised by this considering Keon's role on the football team and uh, and uh, you know a a late season injury he had but Matt I'll toss it to you since you haven't really been in here so take yourself off mute there but were you surprised by the news that he was uh, not going to play basketball?
2: No not not particularly I mean I guess mild surprise just because you know how much you know he's a competitor um, and he obviously loves playing basketball I think it was it was the last time we talked to him late in the season. He was getting the basketball question and kind of just like dodging it. And one of the reporters, I remember who it was, mentioned um, how he has his own, how he had his own locker already set up in, in the, uh, in the in the Michigan state locker room. And he just kind of, you know, walking away was like, well, there's your answer. But, you know, I think it's smart. If you know what your career, what your best shot is, obviously it's, it's football for him. Um, he had a really he had a breakout year. You know, he led the team in um, catches, you know, receiving yards, touchdown catches. So um, at some point in time, you really got to pick one or the other. And clearly it's football for him. You know, we've gone back and forth with this on with him and Malik Carr and, and their position coaches. And, you know, I think, you know, the the deal is, you know, I think we remember Cordy Hawkins saying at some point, you know, you got to choose. and And that's what the case is for. For Keon and and I clearly again football is his best option and so focusing on that um you know you got the offseason strength and conditioning program to you know push you into spring practice and then go from there and you know who knows what, what he's capable of this this uh upcoming season he obviously is coming off a big year and he's going to be I can you think of a better weapon on offense right now going into the next season than
0: Keon Coleman Oh, absolutely not! I, I can't. He's wide so, receiver one, without question. Yeah.
2: So, um, yeah, probably you know, smart move for his uh, long-term future there.
0: And he had a was it a hip injury he got in the Penn State game
2: or? Uh, That was uh, Kyle, Kyle, uh, it was Tom Mizzo was the one that was giving the, uh, the injury update. So you can, uh, we can let you fill in on that. Uh,
1: Yeah. Tom Tom gave more uh, injury news on the Michigan state football team this year than Mel Tucker
0: did. (laughs) Per per usual. Tom doesn't hide injuries. I love that about him. But, but I mean, I mean,
1: I think it was, it wasn't major. um, And it seems like he's fine now. They just wanted to.
0: But but he wasn't going to, he was going to have what a bit part and mop up duty on this basketball team. You know? Yeah, I mean,
1: like last year, he'd have been a practice player, um, gotten in last. I mean, I think last year at Iowa, Israel got mad at everybody and threw him in for like one first half shift. Um, it would have been the same thing this year, um, which is not. I mean, listen, he's a great basketball player. Um, I mean, he doesn't look out of place when you watch practice and stuff like that. He's a terrific athlete. But, um you know, it, it's hard to come into a team mid-season like that and um, and um, contribute. So, yeah, it would have been the same thing.
0: His role, I feel like the role that he could have filled this year is the role that Jason Whitens is already filling. You know, like right. come in, play defense, give minutes. Uh, you know, not get run over because you have some size, right? And and
1: frankly, Whitens once now that Malik Hall is back, we're, we're seeing a lot less Jason Whitens, too. So,
0: right, I'm just saying if you know you needed a guy in foul trouble or whatever, right. he can fill that role. They didn't have that last year, so um, yeah, I, I think I think it makes sense. I think this is the best call for everyone involved, and especially Michigan State, you're kind of have your rotation set now and you have guys that can come in and play. So I think it's the best move for everyone. And, you know, I know people get get excited about Kian Cohen and the prospects of him being a contributor on the basketball team, but the reality is that was never going to happen. You know, I know he put up 40 point triple doubles, when he's playing at a small school in Louisiana. This isn't big 10 basketball. So uh, I think people finally can, can put that dream uh, to bed, but obviously we're very excited to see what he can do on the football field. Uh, finally to end the episode here, Matt, we have had some movement uh, player movement with the football team and the Michigan state defense front seven is looking pretty good.
2: Yeah. Uh, we just had some news that just came up about two minutes ago. Um, Elijah Collins is uh, in the transfer portal, which I um, oh. can't say is a huge surprise. Um, you know, it was a guy that would have most people in his position would have, would have been in the portal a couple of years ago. Um, he stuck it out. Um, you know really yeah. likeable guy, team guy, you know, and, and you know, he had a resurgent season this year, um, kind of unexpected, I would say. Um, by all indications, good, good kid, good guy. Um, you know, he's he, you know, again, stayed at Michigan State when, when Mel kept bringing him, uh, running backs from the portal to play over him, and um, you yeah, know, it paid off for him, mean, you know, good year, and uh, hopefully he gets uh, an opportunity somewhere else. But uh, I think we've uh, you know, it doesn't mean you have to transfer, but uh, I would say we've probably seen. It's likely we've seen the last mm. of a Elijah we Collins. Could,
0: I could see him tearing it up in in the MAC or the Sun Belt or I something mean, like that, man. He
2: rushed for almost a thousand yards at Michigan State three years ago, so
0: I know. But if he yeah. just like wants to be a featured guy, yeah, I, 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 I know what go. you mean.
2: I know what you yeah. mean, but um, yeah. So um, we'll see what, what we get from him, but yeah, to your. Initial lead-in, um, both uh, since the last time we recorded, both Jacoby Winman and Aaron Brulé um, have announced they're coming back for their last season of eligibility. So that's that's obviously big for Michigan State, especially with Winman. Uh, you know, this guy was, <laughs> I mean, he was a difference maker. You know, we saw him in, early in the season at defensive end and then the move to linebacker. Um, productive, obviously. Um, a leader on the, t- on the team. Um, this is a, the only player in program history had been named... Uh, Big Ten defensive player of the week uh three times in one season. Obviously missed the last four games of the season due to the uh tunnel um incident, <clears throat> excuse me, at Michigan. He's facing a misdemeanor assault charge that's still working its way through the courts, but I would expect that to be resolved and, and him to be on the field and not miss any time next season and key part of the defense. And then with Aaron Brule, he was a guy that you that we didn't really see a ton of, you know, featured um early in the season, but he came on late, you know, with especially when he had Windman out. Um, he had, what was it, 18 tackles, uh, 4.5 TFLs, and, and three sacks in the last four games. So, you know, obviously a capable rusher, um, and a guy that brings, you know, another veteran, you know, the six-year guy, and um, I mean, that can it will definitely be big for uh, big for the defense moving forward. And, you know, assuming if Windman does stay at linebacker, I mean, you're pretty well set there, I guess. You know, you lose Van Sumeren, but, you know, you bring back Winman, Brouillet, obviously Cal Halliday, uh, you got Ma coming back. Um, so yeah, they should be, they should be pretty decent there. Um, so yeah, that's, those are the, those were the two big guys, uh, as far as, uh, you know, remaining eligibility who, uh, decided to come back. And then obviously Elijah is, uh, in the portal now.
0: Well, I obviously wish Elijah Collins the best. He's been a fan favorite. I would say ever since he burst on the scene in the neon game against, uh, Western, what was that? 19. Um, so, yep. uh, you know, he's, he's been a a guy that I know everyone on the team uh, really respects and all the fans really love him. And, you know, he, he stuck it out when a lot of guys wouldn't. So I I really respect that. And I hope he lands somewhere solid. And yeah, I echo what you said with the guys coming back. I think it's a good boost for the Michigan state defense. We'll see how these transfer portal guys, some of these young guys all mesh together, but uh, obviously Michigan state's defense room for improvement ever last year. So uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, once again, you know where to find us on Twitter. And all our coverage uh, in out-of-season for football, not off-season, uh, is at MLive.com slash Spartans. And Kyle will be on top of the basketball. He'll be at the Breslin Center to cover the showdown with the hated Michigan Wolverines. Game's at 2.30 p.m. and it is Matt, on Matt
1: Fox. he will also be making his Breslin Center debut that day.
0: Oh, Noteworthy.
1: So look forward to that, everybody.
2: Season nice. debut season
0: maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's true I like it I like it man we got to get you more onto the basketball stuff here we need basketball takes from you uh, <laughs> but now that now that we're in the heart of the Big Ten season I need some Matt Wenzel b-ball takes <laughs> on the pod so uh, be prepared we're coming to you next time now that you're going to be seeing it in person so uh, that's going to do it for today's episode so for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel I'm Brandon Champion thank you once again for listening to M-Live Spartan Cognitive Podcast we'll talk to you next time over no Green.